Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. Tomorrow we're going to be at the Strike and Spare Tusculum Lanes. Uh, the Schmidos uh, will have us out. Be my last daily sports talk show. Come on out. Uh, 11 o'clock. We're going to feed people. And just to say thanks, going to give away things is where I'm just my way of saying thank you of uh, for this last 24 years. Tim Corbin, Vanderbilt baseball coach. The Commodores open up this coming uh, weekend. Uh, well, this coming weekend, tomorrow afternoon, 4.30, Saturday 2, and Sunday at 2 o'clock against Florida Atlantic. Tim, good morning. Good morning, Greg. John? Tim, it's great to hear from you. How's everything? Likewise. Good, good. Good to hear your voice, especially this time of year. Absolutely. <laughs> We're thinking spring. Yeah, That's and right. you're opening at home, but as I recall, you're often in Texas or California or somewhere for these, you know, three game classics that you play, but you're opening at home this weekend. Yeah, well, I mean, you're right. I mean, typically we travel either that first or second weekend. This year we're traveling the third weekend to Houston. So we're home the first couple of weekends, which is good and playing very good competition with Florida Atlantic and Gonzaga, two regional teams. So, this will uh, certainly start off the year in a in a good way. Be very competitive. How pleased have you been with your team's preparation for the upcoming season, Coach? Good. I, I think uh, pretty pretty simple. I mean, I from the time that we've started in the fall, academically and socially and athletically, there there just hasn't been many bumps. Now, you know, competition brings upon uh, another perspective but at least in the short term in terms of training getting guys ready strength health which is major uh guys are all in a a pretty good position uh you you never really know how good you are because you're playing against one another we had the two opportunities against Rutgers and Wake Forest in the fall and those were certainly good teams and you know we played well in certain spots there but I, I think there's been pretty good growth along the way and now it's just that time where you say, okay, now we got to test ourselves against other people. And those other people, usually if you're in the top five, uh, top ten in the country, you're a top five SEC team, and just we know the, the depth of this. We've talked about it many, many times. But the landscape is changing. Player procurement has is, is changed through the collectives and the uh, transfer portal. Where does Vanderbilt fit in with all of that as we uh, head into a new era, quite frankly? Well, we just try to do it in, in the way that feels good for the university and feels good for us. And I, I, our recruiting hasn't changed too much. We're, we're still trying to acquire the, the best high school kids that we possibly can, the kids that, that fit the program, and uh, just trying to make it possible to, to keep them here, whether it's through the draft or any other process. And then, you know, we've we have had some transfers here, but it's probably like years past. We That's minimal. We like the fact that we can develop kids their freshman year and beyond, like how that feels inside of our program, like what it looks like academically. And the reality is it's tough to transfer in here because there's a lot of credit hours that just don't transfer in from other schools, and that makes it very difficult when you're you're looking at kids. And, you know, for us, it's it's about having history. So, some of the kids, like an R.J. Shrek, we recruited out of high school and maintained communication with him just because of his friendship with Sam Laboki and some of our other Harvard-Westlake kids. And then um, you look at guys like Jacob Humphrey and Jaden Davis. I mean, we've known them well beyond. They're at our camps and know, watched them through the years. So, 
It, it really has to be a, a certain fit in order for us to be interested in any type of uh, transfer. But the rest of the league is, you know, it's it happens. I mean, I think once once the portal opened up a little bit and that that matched up with NIL, then it just became player acquisition and this free agency without really any type of restrictions. So it has changed, but there's really not much we can do about it now. We just got to maneuver in the way that feels good for us. Tim, one of the hallmarks of your teams over the years has been your upperclassmen's um, willingness to welcome in the younger guys and kind of show them the ropes, you know, along with yourself. Have you found that to be the case again this year heading into the season? Yes. Uh, there's a lot of big brother feelings here, uh, you know, demanding without being demeaning. It's just them understanding the, the program in a way that, you know, it's, you're representing a lot of different segments in your life, your family, the university, more than just the the ball, the bat, and the glove. So older guys are very helpful in showing the the standards and the values and the traditions of the program. Uh, It's not fraternal in any way. Uh, And what we never want to do with young kids that come in is minimize them. I think, you know, you come in and you, you welcome a kid, but at the same time, I think there's an understanding of it's a privilege to be here. And I think when you, if there's just one general word that would kind of sum up our program, it's just respect. It's mm. respect for where you are, respect for what you have, respect for other people, respecting your rep, your uh, repetition once you get on the field. And I really think that that covers everything, and uh, it's it's deep rooted. And the older kids do a good job of honoring that. I was just going to ask, Coach, what, how, how much easier does that make your life, knowing that your upperclassmen, like you said, are kind of looking after the younger guys? When you put older kids on the side of the room, it's almost like a, in the classroom I'm talking about, mm-hmm. and that's where the older kids sit in our classroom. They're on the very sides, and all the younger kids are either on their right or their left. Then, you, then there's automatic is automatic respect but your respect is is only strengthened by the modeling of of what goes on if you model what goes on inside the program then it's a very fluid and it's very it's very easy transition for younger kids and older kids and that's really helps the parents i mean it it is like a family and you have younger kids that teach the older kid or older kids teach the younger kids and when that happens, it does make it easier on the parents. And you get to that point, as we've always talked about, where they feel some ownership to the program and they start moving with it themselves. And that that's what we're hoping for every year. And the sooner that happens, the the better the feeling. Vanderbilt baseball coach uh, Tim Corbin, Commodores open tomorrow afternoon, 4.30, and then Saturday and Sunday at 2 against FAU, uh, FAU over at Hawkins. Uh, junior Carter Holton uh, on the – Spikes, the Golden Spikes Award preseason list, player of the year, the multiple times, the only other, uh, uh, Kyle Wright, Kumar Rocker, Sonny Gray, and Enrique Bradfield Jr. Uh, having him healthy, I know he wasn't necessarily healthy down the stretch for you last year, even the second half of the season, but having that true number one that you can trot out every Friday, how important is it? It's pretty good. He, he's, it's really important. I, I think that's the one thing that I mentioned the first is just having health. If you have health, you really have everything, right? It at least gives you a chance. If you don't, 
then it is the next man up. But a lot of times that next man up might not be ready to fill that position. He just has to. So uh, with with Carter being back healthy, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. He's thrown, I believe it's four times, albeit, you know, smaller doses. He's building up. Obviously, he's probably in the 60-65 pitch range right now. Uh, we're going to uh, use him out of the bullpen first. But as as he gets going, then uh, you know he, we're gonna we're gonna build him up back to the position that he's been in before, which you know has been pitching in the lead of a weekend or in the middle of the weekend. But with uh, Grayson Carter and Bryce Cunningham and Devin Futrell, they're just ahead of him right now, and just in terms of volume and their ability to pitch in the fall, their ability to pitch in the summer, and uh, certainly in the spring too, they've gotten a lot stronger. So Carter will be starting. He'll just be starting in the middle of the game right now, and then we'll, as we build him up, then he'll find his way back to that uh, true starting position. Coach, how patient do you have to be with the lineup this time of year? It usually takes them a while to get going, right? Yeah, I think you have to be pliable. I, I just think you have to just kind of watch it. And, and you know, it's not going to settle in right away. It's just going to take some time. I think you're just looking for the best harmony of defense and offense and the combination thereof. And, you know, we, we talk about defense getting you on the field, offense keeping you on it. And really it's the combination of the two. And I think where we are right now, and probably, probably a lot of teams feel this way, but you feel like you have, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14 guys that, you know, are in the mix in some way. And then you've got this band of freshmen that are, are pretty powerful and it's going to take them time. Uh, and they might not be ready right now, but at some point in time, they'll, they'll work their way in. And we've talked about that with other, other teams. And, you know, it's like the Texas Rangers at the beginning of the year and the Texas Rangers at the end of the year. Hmm. They had some good players that, you know, like the Simeons and, and and players like that that started, but there are also a band of five guys that weren't even in the lineup in game one that were in the lineup in uh, in, in the very last World Series game. So um, the year does that. It's very fluid and it, it's very workable, but uh, that's why the understanding of having a team role first is so important because the playing role is very valuable and not everyone can eat at the table, so there has to be other people that are very patient, and we teach patience around here. Tim, just pulling one poll out, D1 Baseball has you ranked number six in the preseason poll. The bar of what is deemed a successful season is high, as Mm -hmm. always at Vanderbilt. Super Regional, Omaha, all those things. Everybody comes to your team with those level of expectations for national success. How do you weave all of that in and not make it bigger than it is? Really focusing in on what you're doing at the present time. I think we spend so much time in that classroom on the mental part of the game and really reducing it to small, simple things. It's it's, as simple as meat and potatoes, you know, on your plate and really focusing in on that. And then if you've got a lot of different options on another plate, it, uh, it looks appealing to you, but you can't eat it and it's not digestible. And that's the way the brain works too. You just have to really focus in on, what's most important and that that's your process your everyday process and does it set you up for doing consistent things once you get on the field there's no guarantee but i i think the the best thing you can do is just throw yourself emotionally into your process rather than the outcome the outcomes 
we we just we don't really have much control over them. Um, you know, if, if if you did, there would be someone out there that would win everything that they did or get hits every time up, and that that's it's just not possible. So it, it's just taking care of what you can take care of, and we think about that holistically too as a group. It's just whatever we can do to better ourselves, or at least think we're bettering ourselves, and. We have measurements along the way, and these measurements along the way kind of give us a, kind of a proving ground for who we are and what we want to be, and uh, they'll just be a continuation of that. But when you've got a good program like us and like the one we're bringing in, then it just elevates you. You know, you, you black belts train against black belts. Black belts don't train against brown belts. You don't get any better that way. And, you know, it's just our ability just to train against the best, play against the best, and that kind of create a, a pretty good – uh, organization at, at the end of the year. That's what you're looking for in order to play deep. Tim, you brought up uh, meat and potatoes, and you brought up another plate over there. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, the dining report. You and Maggie, yeah. we need a. We I guess the first time of the year. Uh, this will be the last one I'll do. I'm going to turn you over to JB and the general uh, show that starts next week. Been excited about that as well, and you're involved in all the way through spring with it. Glad you're continuing it. And quite frankly, ends about an 18-year run of you and I doing day, uh, daily, yeah. weekly shows in the market. And that's cool. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. But to give me the food report. Well, the food report has is, is really been by myself here the last four weeks because Maggie is back in Charleston albeit she's coming home this weekend to watch us play, but our, our daughter just had twins. So ah. Maggie's been back there to help her out. But that doesn't stop me from eating. Right? So, <laughs> I've got to eat. Uh, a- answer is where I've been going a lot because it's in Sylvan Park, and I, I love Victoria, the owner, and uh, I love her restaurant. It's uh, It's a neat place. They've got a... A nice menu. I typically sit at the bar and roll up my uh, laptop and eat. But yeah, I love the food there. Their fish selections are really good, and you know, one of the best hamburgers in town as well. There's a lot of them, and there's a lot of great places to eat. But that's uh, that's been my choice. I'm typically there twice a week right now without Maggie, and even with Maggie, we go there because we love it. But uh, it's a great setup, and it's close to the house, which helps us out. Answer. See, I got turned on to a new one. Have you there, heard of that, JD? No, You're not. Mr. Nashville, right? Yeah, you guys would like it. All right, yeah. I'm gonna check yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. You well, coach would like it. Coach, I'm really looking forward to visiting with you every week uh, during the season as we make the transition over to uh, JB and the General, and um, yeah. I, I can't wait for it. So, I, you, you know, I love talking to you. So, well, likewise, and you know, Greg, I had such an affinity for you and what you've done for Nashville, and our relationship. So I, I will always be appreciative and you can always count me in when it comes to this show. I just I thank you guys for having interest in our program because you don't have to, you know, you could look over it, but you don't. And I, I appreciate it. And I know the university and, and our boys do as well. So thank you so much, Greg, for all these years. I know you're here, so I'll see a bunch, but uh, John and you make a great team and I'll always be appreciative. Thank you. Appreciate it. And answer. I'm heading over to answer that yeah, soon. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it, man. Okay, Thanks, Coach. Good luck right. this season. Yeah. All right. Yeah, much. I mean, you, you got to continue that. Please tell me that. We will do Thank that. You. We, the we only will, thing I'm asking of we you will do that. is to carry will, on the We will do that. Because he really enjoys doing that. You I know. I know. He does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We